Greetings, horror fans, and welcome to episode 229 of Frightmares. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and today across the table, we've got Corey Johnson in the house. hey <laughs> Very nice. Um, I am running on fumes today, Corey. I am, no, I am, I, I am struggling. I, I, I feel you on that. It's, it's been that way for me all month. It has just been, oh. it has just been a month. Oh my God. So I'm struggling. I'm opening my soda so, so I can get some semblance of caffeine. It's like at this point, caffeine doesn't really do anything for me. I have to get like either a coffee or a fucking energy drink. But even then I'm like, I don't ever get much of anything from caffeine. I like to think I do, but I know I don't. I know I don't, but I'm going to do my best here today. We're talking about a movie called Blades today, and yes, it is about a killer fucking lawnmower. Uh, this starts off November Syndrome. Uh, that's my clever play on words, combining November and Vinegar Syndrome. So we're going to be doing movies all from the label, the boutique label of Vinegar Syndrome. And like I said, we're doing Blades today. It's going to be a wacky month. It's going to be a weird month. I'm sure the viewership probably will dip a little bit because that usually happens when we do obscure movies. But I wanted to have fun this month before the end of the year. And I figured why not do this? Because Vinegar Syndrome puts out some of the wackiest, weirdest shit I also feel like that I've never heard a, of. Like this is a very high note to start out on. Honestly, yeah. I, and, I, and I picked it because for a movie about a killer lawnmower, the ratings it had on Letterboxd, the 2.9, yeah. was pretty solid. Yeah, well, so. And, and so here's the thing with it, is like the first few minutes I was like, yeah, like, I eh. actively hate this. <laughs> oh, shit. You're, you were but, like... But then like as it went on and I kind of like started to understand what was going on and then you said a specific thing about it. I yeah. was, and then I like actually clued it and I was like, oh, okay. I get it way more now. Yeah, they're really going for something that Beca we'll go because, into. Because like it was it was sitting in my brain. I was like, this feels like dumb familiar. And this is really <laughs> bothering me. Yeah, and, th I, and then I, I started yeah. to like actually pay attention to it. I was like, okay, I, I got it now. Yeah, I, I I was I meant to preface it sooner, but I was like, oh, I should probably tell him this because when I found out about what they were trying to do, I was like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. And they fucking play it so straight. Um, it's, it's so funny to have a movie like with this, this source material and everyone just being like so stoic and serious and not being campy or like anything like that. So I'm excited. This definitely was a good one to start off on. Um, so yeah, let's get into some horror news, I suppose, as we always do. Got some good shit here. We're also going to talk about some things that we've both watched. I know you watched Hell House LLC origins the carmichael manor yes. fucking mouthful I, i'm just saying hell semi... house carmichael manor there you go yeah <laughs> so that one's not related to the other three it just takes mm. place in the same universe no it is it is very much related oh okay he said it he said it doesn't well okay it doesn't like continue the story i it? i i disagree that's so I, weird because Stephen Cognetti is like, this has nothing to do with the other three. No, no, I, I understand he says that. I <laughs> disagree with him 100%. All right, all right. Well, we'll talk about that and some things I've watched as well as we went to a, a media night for a, a haunted a hotel spooky thing. It was a lot of fun, so we'll be talking about a whole bunch of shit today. Uh, first up here, though, we got some new streaming horror movies coming out on a whole bunch of different pro uh, platforms this year. Nothing new. I'm just informing you of what is going where. So starting out with Max, we have Aliens, Insidious Chapter Three. I didn't know John dies at the end was horror. Is that is that horror? Like I think it's technically like thriller, thriller suspense. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, we have Misery and then Predators. Netflix, uh, The Addams Family. I don't know which one that is. I didn't write down the fucking year. Drag Me to Hell. Insidious The Red Door, which is fucking cool because that's like brand new. Netflix has actively stepped up their game. They're trying. They're, They're yeah, trying. They have to. They really have to try. So I'm impressed that they're getting shit that's like brand fucking new. Um, also, The Mummy from 2017. And then yep. The Squid Game. Yeah, ugh, garbage. Uh, the Squid Game, Squid Game, the challenge, which is the follow-up to Squid Game. Um, did you catch that one? So I had originally started watching it, and then I had started watching a few content creators on YouTube that were Korean, and they were like, "Hey, so this is just our opinion, but if you are not watching this show." with somebody who actively speaks Korean to tell you what they're actually saying. Don't, don't watch the, don't watch the show because what they're actually saying in Korean and what they either write in the subs or dub over is they leave out like so much nuance Mm. that a bunch of like the, the in in between the lines story gets lost. So oh, I was just like weird. But I I also because I exist half of my time on the internet. I I do very much understand <laughs> what it's about. And, yeah, and everything. So okay. I mean it. it from what I know, because, you know, Gabby lived over there for a year teaching English over there, and some of the translation from Korean to English is, is tough from what I've understood. Yeah, which, it, which, is, why, all, yeah, which is why the content creators were like, yeah, so, like, so they were they were talking about, like, one very specific scene where a woman is like, you never let me get to have a chance or whatever. Okay. And what the actual translation is is something akin to, like, you never give me a chance to show that I can actually be useful. Uh. Oh, and yeah, so, like, <laughs> you you lose, like, a bunch of character development and stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to half understand a show. No, that's fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. That's interesting. I can't believe I never came across that or even heard about that. That's um, that's what I love about the internet. You know, you, you, you get information like that and you're like, you, can, yeah. you know, do I still want to watch this or do I not? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll probably check it out. Like, I, if it continues the story... Of the first one, I probably will, but if it's like a completely random one, I may not just because I was very hooked into our, the people that are already on screen from the first one. So that's fair. We shall see. Uh, moving over to Paramount, and this is where I'm getting confused because the babysitter is definitely like a Netflix original. So I'm not sure why it's headed to Paramount Plus. So it's very possible in the realm of needing to up the budget at Netflix that they oh, went that they went you know with the, like the, 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 the strikes going on and shit that or just hey okay. last year we lost 75% of our market <laughs> yeah right um <laughs> we need to fucking do something the building is on fire <laughs> <laughs> the building's on fire and everyone's running around like a crazy so, person so they probably took some of their IPs okay. on the low and they were like hey other streaming services that aren't nearly as big. Yeah. Do, do you want, do you some, want this? Yeah. Do you want this? <laughs> it's, you know, a million dollars a year or whatever. Okay. So yeah, I guess that's going to Paramount now. They're also getting Scooby-Doo, Scream 4, Scrooge from 1970, Shutter Island, The Uninvited, and The War of the Worlds 1953. 
Peacock's getting the birds. Okay, Jurassic fucking World is not a goddamn horror movie, and neither is Jurassic World Dominion. I don't know about King Kong. I guess that could probably be considered somewhat horror. And then fucking Prime, dude. American Horror Story Season 3, Evil Dead Rise, more Jurassic Park movies. What the fuck? And then Scrooge. These are not horror movies. Well, so... I mean, Scrooge, okay. Ghosts. Ghosts and shit. But, like, so some of these are non-traditional horror movies. I, I got to read this shit before I put it on here. I just put it on here. And hope, oh, and then The Uninvited, 2009. Um, oh, I, I always... I can never remember. There's the... there's the Okay, there's The Unborn and The Uninvited. The Uninvited is the one that I enjoy. Good good twist ending on that one. Um and then on Shudder, this is actually a separate little article from Fangoria. There is seven new, not new, but like new to them. I think there's two new for the year. Um, so they've got Anna and the Apocalypse, and they've got I'm Not a Serial Killer. Um, Anna and the Apocalypse comes out November 1st. I'm Not a Serial Killer comes out November 6th. And this one's called Mastema. I believe it's a French film from 2022, but it's being released over here for us in 2023. Um, comes out November 6th, and it's... Quote, follow Louise, uh, a young psychiatric who starts analyzing a dark and mysterious man. But after that, people around her start to die. So vague. <laughs> and, well, and like this, the French have a way of doing things. Oh, they do. And it, like this sounds like it's going to be the intensity <laughs> of Raw yeah. with that mind bendiness of uh, evolution. Oh, man, that would be such a, an interesting mashup to have. But, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, the French, dude, they, they, I don't know fucking who hurt them, but, like, geez. The French. The, <laughs> themselves. <laughs> themselves, yeah, because they make some fucked up shit, man. Oh, my goodness. And then this is one I've been wanting to see for quite some time. It's called Birth Slash Rebirth 2023, November t- uh, 10th. A morgue technician successfully reanimates the body of a little girl, but to keep her breathing, she will need to harvest biological materials from pregnant women. When the girl's mother, a nurse, discovers her baby alive, they enter into a deal that forces them both down a dark path of no return. So definitely getting some reanimator like Frankenstein vibes from that. Speaking of which, I'm so excited for Lisa Frankenstein. I just saw the trailer for that when we went and saw, what did we fucking Oh, Five Nights at Freddy's, which was awesome, by the way. I've never played the games, though, so I'm not reliable in knowing if they are anywhere near <laughs> paying homage besides, like, the, you know, the TV screens that they have. For, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's it. So I've never played the games either. Yeah. I, I, it was, like, just outside of my wheelhouse for, like, what I was interested in. Right, So right. I I was not there for the origination, and then when it took off, I was just like, mm, yeah, nah, it's, it's too I'm, late. I'm good. Uh, Then we've got something called Barbarian Sound Studio, November 13th, The Wretched, November 13th, and then Pontypool, November 20th. Fucking finally, I have had Pontypool on my list for ages, and I cannot find it anywhere. So I'm so glad it's going to shutter because I've been dying to watch that movie. I've heard it's fucking crazy. Um, So that's all the stuff coming to streaming this month. A lot of good shit, some new shit, some definitely old shit, but... um, Saying shit too much. Uh, I'm excited for all that crap. It's changing it up there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Five Nights at Freddy's a second ago, uh, this thing has been like breaking records, and I mean for good reason. It's it's honestly is a good time. So, 
I gave it a three and a half, but then there was a good twist ending that kind of subverted what I had thought was going to happen. Because I was like, oh, this person's that, and then that person is that. And then it ended up being like kind of flopped, and then there was some relation. It was it was good. So the twist ending made me be give it another a half star for four stars. I know that's a lot considering it has like a 2.6, but again, I've never played the games. I don't know how true they are to to the source material. Not, not a fucking clue. And I think that's the problem with this movie is the fact that people like me are going and being like, this is awesome for a PG-13 horror movie. And then you've got, you know, diehard fanboys who are like, this is nothing like the game. So it's like, you know, yeah. you, you can't please everybody. But since I have no knowledge of the games, I had a blast during it, even though it was an hour and 50. And you know me, I like my horror movies to be like an hour 20 or less. So... To keep my attention for that long and be interested, I was like, hey, because it's actually got a really kind of like heartwarming story between brother and sister and everything. So it was a really good time. But um, hot off the heels of the reveal that Emma Tammy's uh, Five Nights at Freddy's recently became Blumhouse's biggest global opening ever. The biggest opening even for or ever for a horror movie film directed by a woman and the highest opening ever for a PG-13 horror movie that um, comes the news that yet another record has been broken. So that's three records right there. Um, according to Deadline, Five Nights at Freddy's is now Peacock's most watched film or series ever in its first five days on the streaming platform, beating out other titles like Halloween Ends and the Super Mario Brothers. It's also apparently the most um, watched entertainment title across all genres since its debut. So this thing is exploding like onto the horror scene. Um, it has received mixed responses since its release, and it would appear that uh, at least some of the divisiveness is generational. Fans who grew up with Scott Cawthorn's or Cawthorn's Cawthorn's blockbuster yeah, video, Scott Cawthorn's Scott Cawthorn's uh, blockbuster video series, seem very much on board with what Tammy Cawthorn and Blumhouse brought to the big screen. Whereas older viewers with no personal connection to or context for Five Nights at Freddy lore seem less enthused. That so, is weird. I'm in the well, camp of being older and loving it. So, so. F- so from what I've heard, it's mostly like a bunch of kids going like, hey, mom, dad, take me to this movie. And the mom losing and, their fucking shit. And, and the mom and dad are like, all right, you've based your entire fucking personality off this, whatever. <laughs> and they go and sit down in the movie and they see what it's about. And the parents are like, what the fuck? <laughs> right, like, oh, what did we do? It's yeah. PG-13, okay. Yeah, well, no, it's more of like, this is this is based off the thing that my kid oh, has, yeah, true. has based his entire personality off of. Like, my kid is <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, should I be uh, <laughs> curious about little Timmy over there? Uh, so, okay, I could have sworn I read that backwards. It's so funny that they consider it a blockbuster game series because it started off as, like, the most minimal of minimal Wasn't it, like, games. 8-bit or something? No, it wasn't no. 8-bit. Um, but it was entirely point and click. Oh, wow. Like, that, like, you clicked from screen to screen. So the basis of the entire first game is you are a security guard. Right. And you're watching the cameras. Okay. And you got to make sure that the animatronics don't come to life and kill you. Just did okay. Do, to your knowledge, did it have anything to do with someone like killing kids and so, placing them? So in the... later on okay. in the series, yes. Okay. There, so I I know you're on YouTube a bit. Have you ever heard of like the game theorists? Yeah. So he, there's a guy. There's a guy that's in the movie that does a lot of game theories on uh, yeah, FNAF. Yeah, him. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I've watched some of his stuff. He's done like 
47 oh, videos. Yeah, he has. He, there's a playlist that my uh, brother-in-law sent me, and it's like 40-something fucking yeah, things. And it's like yeah. theories and Easter eggs. I'm like, damn, dude. Yeah, so like, sit down and watch that, and you'll okay. and then like go back and think about the movie and see how you feel yeah, again. I'll have to do that. Yeah, he, when he sent, because I was like, hey, send me that one that you showed me. He sent me the whole fucking playlist. I was like, oh, good God, I have to, I'll have to do this like another time. But uh, okay, so I could have sworn I read that backwards, and it was people that were that liked the game. Uh, did not like it, but I guess it's the other way around. So I'm a, of course, of course, I'm in the camp of older people who liked it and have no context. Why would why would I expect myself to be any fucking where else? Because my opinions on horror are just wildly ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, you had you had uh, Matthew Lillard in there. You had I don't know his real fucking name, sorry, but you had Peta from Hunger Games in there. Um, good time, honestly, very good time. I recommend oh, that's a uh, Josh uh, Josh Hawkins Hawthorne Hawthorne. Hop- it's yeah, it's not Josh, Josh ha- something. It's not Josh Hartnett. That's another one. But yeah, Josh Josh H. We'll go with that. So opening weekend, it made eighty million dollars on a twenty million dollar budget, and currently the gr- uh, the gross worldwide is a hundred and thirty six million dollars. Hutcherson. Hutcherson. There we go, dude. Fucking your your Hollywood. Change your goddamn last name. <laughs> like pronounceable. But yeah, Hutcherson. That's too much. Uh, in really fun news, John Carpenter is going to score an A24 movie called Death of a Unicorn, and Unicorn is with an E. I don't know if that has anything to do with... And didn't know. he just put out a um, like anthology series called Suburban something? Oh, Suburban Screams, yeah. yeah. That's on Peacock, and it is fucking awesome. Awesome. I mean, it's John oh. Carpenter. No shit. Well, he so he's only I think he only directed one or two, but I mean, he's like producing and yeah. which which means yeah, it, it's John. Carpenter. Yeah, it's John Carpenter. <laughs> it's it's actually really fucking good. If you do you have Peacock? Um, not anymore. I'll have to give you my I'll have to make you an account one day and give you my login because I don't fucking care. Like, you know, I've got three or four people on there because I, I want you to watch that and then I want to get your opinions because, you know, we're John Carpenter, like, yeah, fucking fanboys. Um, so according to the good folks over at Bloody Disgusting, Carpenter will compose the score for Death of a Unicorn, the debut feature from Alex Scharfman, starring Paul Rudd and Jenna Ortega. The film con- um, the film concerns a father and daughter who accidentally hit a- and kill a unicorn while en route to a weekend retreat where the father's billionaire boss, played by Richard Grant, seeks to exploit the creature's miraculous curative properties. That sounds so ridiculous, yes, and I like love it. That I love I want, it so much. And, and to put somebody as fucking goof-tastic as Paul Rudd, I know. and somebody <laughs> as fucking stone-faced as Jenna Ortega, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be a really good, like... And then throw star and then throw in John Carpenter's score, yeah. Cynthia. Oh my god! So if that's not intriguing enough, Death of a Unicorn is produced by Ari Aster and also stars Tia Leone, Will Poulter, Anthony Carrigan from Bill and Ted Face the Music, uh, Sunita Manny from M Night Shyamalan's Servant, Jessica Hines from Shaun of the Dead, and Stephen Park from Asteroid City. That is one fucking hell of a cast. Uh, Bloody Disgusting's report goes on to mention that Death of the Unicorn has already wrapped production, uh, which means this one's already quite a ways down the road to being fully completed. Nothing further to report, but obviously we'll keep you updated. I mean, Ari Aster is involved in this. He's producing John Carpenter's in it and Paul Rudd. 
that is a recipe for just amazingness. Yeah. And they're hitting a unicorn. Like, what the fuck? So this is obviously going to be in some kind of fantasy world or, or something. And I, I mean, very I, much wonder what a not directed by but produced by Ari Aster. Right. So because, right. Because, like, the only other kind of similar reference I have is um, True Romance. Is Tarantino produced and written and by written, Tarantino, yeah. but not directed. Ooh. So, and you get that very like, all right, yeah, this is this Tarantino adjacent. Yeah, like I I feel where the Tarantino is, but I can't see it. So I, I very <laughs> it's much lurking. <laughs> so I very much wonder what a produced by Ari, uh, Ari Aster feels like. Let's see. Okay, so the writer's also the director. I was gonna see if maybe Ari Aster had uh, r- written it as well, but I'm gonna see what he's produced because. Um, okay, so obviously he's well. He didn't even produce his first two movies, but he produced Bo is Afraid. Oh, and he produced that new one called Dream Scenario with Nick Cage. Where every- I haven't seen that yet. Okay. I haven't even heard about that. Everyone starts dreaming of Nick Cage and it's oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Now yeah, now I know what that is. So yeah, so he's produced that one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go see that one. Then I can get a glimpse of okay, this is what Ari Aster looks like producing. I like how Nick Cage is finally at a point in his life where he's like, No, we're just gonna make Nick Cage movies oh, about yeah. Nick Cage. Yeah. I like, mean, fuck you guys. Yeah, it's like, if I'm going to make money, I'm going to make money being me. There was a story that I, I don't know if I've told already, but he was on the set of one movie. I can't remember what it was. And they were like, I mean, it's good, but like, he's like, oh, you want like full Cage? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah we want full Cage. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, I got you. I'm like, that's that's the most Nick Cage thing ever. <laughs> I love that. Um, So, yes. And other news going down the list here. Uh, David Desmalchian is adding another string to his much-decorated genre with Rosario, a high-concept horror film that Variety has revealed exclusively today. Rosario will feature... Sorry. Rosario will mark the feature film debut of Colombian director Felipe Vargas, who did something uh, a short called Milk Teeth, with a script from uh, Alan Treza, We Summon the Darkness, alongside Desmalchian. Rosario uh, also stars Jose Zuniga from Twilight... Diane Lane from Fear the Walking Dead, Paul uh, Paul Ben Paul Ben Victor, the Irishman, Emily Foucher from uh, Coda, and Emerald Tobia from Shadowhunters. Here's the official synopsis: The story set in New York revolves around Rosario, played by Tobia, a successful Wall Street stockbroker who is trapped in her estranged grandmother Griselda's apartment during a snowstorm. Griselda has died, and the supernatural forces possess her corpse. Rosario, now the target of a deadly family curse, must battle her past to save herself and her soul. That sounds fucking wicked. That sounds it, like The Lodge, but... It uh, does, yeah. except... <laughs> so my my only thing is when a director says it is a high... Co- like, themselves says, high oh yeah, this is going to be high concept. I'm like, all right, but if you get preachy... <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna rake you on Mike. Like that's what's gonna happen. Hundred <laughs> percent. Don't say something that's not fucking true to get people, you know, looking at your movie. There, guy. like I, I better walk away from this movie going, what, <laughs> what? It, it, because what? It, if I don't go, what? It's not high concept enough. <sighs> oh, she. <laughs> I guess Gabby can hear us. The movie. The movie I was talking about about Gage was Spider-Verse because he plays the noir Spider-Man and uh, into the Spider-Verse. And and they were like, we want full Cage. And he's like, oh, I I got you. Let's let's amp it up to 11 (laughs) with the caginess. Thank you, Gabby. So I already talked about Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, I wanted to talk about when evil lurks. And then I want to hear your opinion on Hell House. So 
let me tell you something right now. You're not prepared for this movie if you have no idea about it. But please go in. You just go into it blind um, and just let it let it happen. It is one of the most disturbing movies I've seen in quite some time. Uh, I was getting like hereditary level, just like flashbacks. Oof. I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, like, at one point, like a chill just went down my spine. I was like, oh my god, I know, I know trauma. you, I know you sent it to me, but uh, where is that streaming? Shut up. Okay, I am gonna go yeah. get some food after this and go watch that. Yeah, it's um. So there's really only like kind of one slow point, but like the first half an hour is some of the craziest shit I've seen. And then the ending is just so fucking bleak and upsetting. You're like, huh, oh my God. And you're really going to like it, I think, because of the lore that goes <laughs> into Dude, the, the lore is like, I could reach out and grab it almost. Mm, I do like that. Yeah. I, I, I do very much enjoy that. It's rich in lore and it's, um, oh fuck, hold on. Let me look this up. I can't remember. It's a it's a foreign film too. So you've got foreign lore that I know nothing about. That I'm like I don't know how true it is, but I, I'm gonna look that up because if it's if that's like a real true thing, what? Uh, oh, oh, it's for, it's Argentinian. It's the same guy who did um, Terrified. Oh, yeah. oh shit. Yeah, okay. It's that, and th- this was I like this better than Terrified, and I gave Terrified a four. So Ooh. it was I, good. I, I'm not trying to. I, I don't want to oversell it. <laughs> I can't remember what I gave Terrified. I think I gave Terrified like a four or a four or five. Yeah, I know you. I know we ra- we both rated it pretty that, highly, and I think that was back before I was on uh, Letterboxd. That was oh okay because we did Terrified back in your dad's studio, I think. Yeah, we definitely talked about that one because yeah. I remember talking about the jump scare that like yeah, you, you know it's coming, but it still somehow fucking manages to get you. You're like ah <laughs> no. Uh, so Hell House LLC, real quick, just some overall thoughts. You no, know, no spoilers. Uh, um, so it was very very well done. I very much cared about the characters. Oh, okay. They made... So two of the characters are um, in a relationship, and they don't make that the entire point of okay. those characters, which is super, super nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the scares were very much on brand with Hell House. Nice. But they were also done in a way that they were like, all right, we learned from our past mistakes with the scares. Okay. But they also didn't litter the movie with it. Like, there's, don't get me wrong, there's a a good handful of scares, but the ones that I would be like, yo, these are the scares they wrote into the movie. Yeah. They they were they were sparse and they were just enough to be like, all right, okay. this is fucking dope. All there right. there is one hundred percent tie-ins to the original Hell House. Um, they make it a point. So I'm not gonna give it's it's not necessarily a spoiler. So there is a place one town over from where they're at that has relics. From the Abaddon Hotel. Oh. So, like, it, it okay. is it is a... Der- so, it's a sequel prequel. Oh. Um, Because it ties into, like, everything. That's so weird. I don't know why he would say it's just a story in the same universe. Because I, I think what he... I think maybe what he meant is that it's not a direct sequel involving the original, like, cast. That's very possible. Okay, maybe that's what he uh, meant. There, there, is, there is one detail that I'm going to share because it's not... A spoil. Because, oh yeah, go for because it. Because the information has nothing to do with anything. They put lyrics 
to the fucking music. That dune, dune, dune. Oh, they, what? They put a full fucking oh. like poem to it, and it's oh my god! Like I was like, this is so fucking metal. Like <laughs> it's so fucking good. <laughs> um, you what'd you give it? Um, I gave it a four or five. Oh, that's what the original has for me. What do you? The original has a five. I, yeah, I think I think I gave the original what, a five. Okay, I need to change that then. I don't, why does it not have a five? Yeah, um, that's a five. And movie. the the only reason that I didn't give this one a five is because just like one little thing. Uh, well, so they so there's a lot of threads in this movie, which okay. I'm fine with because the the entire universe has been set up to be a very loose sweater that very loosely holds on to your body. Okay. Um. The one thread that pretty much everyone who enjoys the series has been asking about, they give you the reveal, but they also kind of yada yada through it. Mm, okay. But then they give you another mystery about that question. Oh, uh, okay. Weird. So it's like, yeah, here's the answer you guys have been asking about for three movies. <laughs> but then with that information, we're going to stack another mystery on top of it. Oh, uh, okay. It, it, it reads very much as like, we're doing this to give you like that one last thing to think about, but the series is done, mm. but it is done in such a way that hmm. if they wanted to, they could continue the series. Uh, like it's maybe that's why they're doing it's it. It's like. open-ended in just such a fashion to where you're like, okay, so it's open-ended in the way that insidious one is open-ended at the end oh yeah like, okay. it could very well be its own self-contained yeah. thing and be done and forever be done. and it was totally fine <laughs> but it's there's enough information to build on for okay. going yeah forward. we've got four sequels in that, in that yeah. franchise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right real quick i want to talk about the casadega haunted attraction i was actually hit up by a friend of mine roger who was like hey we only have a couple more days of haunt season do you want to come out and do media night and i'm never going to turn that down um, and I know you're not, you don't do haunted houses. So that's why I didn't hit you up because I well, know, and, but see, here's the thing is I have spent a lot of time in Casadega and in the, uh, hotel oh. that they, that they say is haunted. Yeah. I, just never on the like Halloween, make it spooky times. Well, I've, I mean, I've just gone on my own accord. All right. Well, we're going to go every year from now on. So if you want to go next year and maybe hang out or whatever, you're yeah. more. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. I, dude, Casadega. So it's it, so ca tiny. Oh it, my God. Casadega <laughs> has definitely changed since I started going to it. Okay. And now it's changed since its inception anyway, because it used to, while it is toted as a spiritualist community, it was also the original um, retiring place oh. of a lot of the Sarasota Ringling Carnies. Oh. So if you walk through the cemetery, you can find a lot of like the original Ringling oh, wow. Circus people as well. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, it's 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 a lot small. It's so, so funny because they're like, this is it. And I was like, oh, this is so cute. Like, it's it's so small. It's uh, like three. It's like three city blocks. Yeah, it's like three city blocks. So. So they do a haunted attraction there. This year they did the twentieth, sorry, the twentieth through the twenty second. With the twenty second being a blackout night where you can the characters can grab you if you want. You wear like a a colored um, 
glow stick. You know, you, you can have red for nothing. I think it was green for like light scaring and then like yellow for fucking go for it. So, and then they did another blackout night at the 26th and then they were open the 27th through the 31st from 7 to 11 p.m. The owner, which I met, uh, his name is DJ and he has a wife, Kim, who have been doing this. This is their eighth year. So I'm really irritated that I didn't know about this sooner because I'd be go. I would have gone out there every single time. Uh, it's 20 bucks. It's uh, and it's about like a 10 minute walking house like it is it, this year was fucking insane. They actually close off six rooms and you go down the porch through a room down the hall and out another room and there's people in each room doing like a little scene and then you go out the back of the hotel down this ramp down another ramp into the forest and then that forest leads into a tent area. And the tent area has so much shit going on. It was so insane. There's also like zero animatronics. They believe in just scare actors being there. They have music cues and they have all this stuff going on. DJ's been doing haunt stuff for over 15 years. He used to work with a man named Alan Hops, who is apparently big in the haunt community. I had not heard of him, but he's he was also worked at a petrified forest for seven years. And funny enough, he was actually a chef at the hotel before he did the haunt and they and they knew you know his past and what he did and they were like do you want to do a haunt here and he's like fuck yeah I want to do a haunt here like, <laughs> are you kidding me so like I said they close off six rooms rooms one three and seven apparently have a lot of activity um, Kim and DJ are also both scare actors Kim's character name is Zozo and DJ his name his character name is Spaz uh, and in one of his favorite years they did was a house based off Zozo because she is a demon that inhabits a Ouija board. So the house was based off of board games like Operation, Mousetrap, Candyland. They also included children's games like Hangman, Duck, Duck, Goose, and Guess Who. So like they have a lot of fun at this haunt and there's a lot of like passion that goes into this one. So if you're ever in the area. Yeah, because it's Casadega. Yeah. And, and so for those of you not familiar with Casadega, <laughs> um, it is a place here in Florida that is a spiritual, it's called the spiritualist camp. It yes. is more of a spiritualist village. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have services ranging from like Reiki healing to so, yeah, they got like, psychic readings, yeah. psychic readings, tarot cards, um, it's a neat little ch place. chakra alignments, but then also on the same vein, like right down the road, there's some like ranches that you can go rent horses at. There's a lake and like a public park right down the road. But nothing in Casadega is done halfway. Yeah, like <laughs> like everybody you talk to there is going to give you like anybody that is like a part of Casadega. I'm not, right, I'm not right. saying the tourists. But anybody that is, like, a part of Casadega is always going to give you, like, their full attention when yeah. they can. Every project they do, they're going to, like, do it to the fullest. And if you're, like, there buying something or, like, getting a service done... The like whatever you're like you can go and buy crystals or something. And I bought like, a little. I bought a little uh, some sort of rock that's supposed to help yeah, with anxiety. Or, yeah, yeah, and so it's cool. And then they'll be like, "Oh, do you know about this stone? Well, what are you experiencing?" Yeah. So, and then they'll they'll go and like do the thing for you and help you. Yeah, uh, the entire nice. way through the thing. Casadega is a great place. Yeah, it's a fun little place. So. 
Um, yeah, so this, this it's a really cool haunt. It's a really cool little area. If you're if you're in the, uh, I guess it's kind of like the Deltona ish area. Yeah, it's Volusia County. Yeah, I Volusia think. County. Go check it out. They'll be they'll be back next year. The haunt's gonna be bigger. They're gonna do more weekends. And like I said, it's twenty bucks for you know for a haunt. It's it's worth every single penny. Go check it out. Let's get on to this IMDb roundup here. I'm gonna blow through this quickly. Uh, Blades, have we seen this? No. Nope. Never even heard of it until I bought <laughs> now it. Now I have. <laughs> now I have. Never even heard of it until Vinegar Syndrome put it out. It's from 1989, released on October 13th of that year in the USA. This is what's really funny. I don't know why this is really rated R, because there's no sex and nudity, moderate violence and gore, mild profanity, mild alcohol, drugs, and smoking, and mild, frightening, and intense scenes. Like... <laughs> I don't know why this is rated R. I don't know either. But you know what's really funny about it being released in 1989 is it does very much ooze 90s. D- yeah, like, it does. You, weirdly like enough. You, you have that, like, even that sound intonation on, like, the sound of the camera. Yeah. Like, this does feel very 90s. It really does. And, I mean, it is almost the 90s. But, yeah, it definitely has a very 90s feel. Uh, runtime. My runtime was an hour 38. So, I think IMDb is slightly off. No, mine was 141 because I yeah. watched. I watched it on Tubi. Weird. Okay. So mine was 138. His was 141. Listed as a comedy horror uh, directed by Thomas R. Rodinella, who only did six things, and this was like the only thing I recognized. Story by John P. Finnegan, who only wrote three things and also did Girls, School, Screamers. Written also by uh, William R. Pace, who did the screenplay. He only did nine things and wrote something called Charming Billy. That was his top credit. And then same thing goes for Thomas R. Rodinella. Only did five things. And uh, same thing. Wrote something called Charming Billy. Composed by John Hodian, who also composed Girls School Screamers. Cinematography by James Heyman. Only has 16 other credits, but he did the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie from the 90s. And he did produce 24 episodes of Joan of Arcadia and 34 episodes of Ugly Betty, so that's a weird turn. Yeah. <laughs> also edited by Thomas R. Rodinella, so he directed, he wrote, and he edited this. Who also So I can, so I can blame him for the runtime. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Who also edited Girls' School Screamers, starring Robert North as Roy Kent, who literally only did this movie. I, well, no movie. fucking shit. <laughs> that... <laughs> I I have seen better acting from Plank from Ed Ed and Eddie. Yeah, he was that not man great. was stiff, stiff. But he did, <laughs> stiff. He did produce two other two other movies. One of them being Deathstalker and the Warriors from Hell and Barbarian Queen Two: The Empress Strikes Back, which sound fucking ridiculous. Then we have Jeremy Whalen as Deke Slade, who was also in the Beastmaster as Jun Priest. Victoria Scott as Kelly Lang, who was also in Kingpin as Unified Fund Mom. That's what she was. Holly Stevenson as B. Osgood, who was also in one episode of Ozark as Sister Alice. That's who I... Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah. why does she look so fucking familiar? Yeah, nowhere from that one episode of Ozark. And then we have William Towner as Norman Osgood, who literally only did this movie. That's it. No other credits. He could have been a good Disney Channel villain. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yes, he has that. He has that um, uh, Calabar energy from Halloween Town. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's or a, or, is it or Calabar's Revenge. Yeah, Calabar's Revenge. Or if they made Rodney Dangerfield just like a little less funny. Oh yeah, less, <laughs> slightly less funny Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, estimated budget of NA worldwide box office gross of NA. It's a trauma film. Like I had no fucking clue until I saw the trauma release. I'm like, yeah. oh well, this makes 
fucking perfect sense. And it, it was funny because like I was in the kitchen making a snack when I turned it on. So I heard that dude and You're I like, was like, what the trauma? Fuck? And then I looked at it and said trauma and I paused it to make sure I was watching the room. Yep. I was like, I even looked at the back of my, uh, my copy here and it says trauma at the bottom. I'm like, no shit. Okay. Uh, filmed in Wildwood, New Jersey, because uh, Trauma is based in New Jersey. You can watch this on Prime and Tubi. Movies that came out around the same time, we've got Society, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, Shocker, After Midnight, The Phantom of the Opera, Stepfather 2, The Little Mermaid, and All Dogs Go to Heaven. Uh, specific horror moments, did you have one? Um, Yes. Give me one second. I had it in my notes. Do-do-do. Where are my notes? There we go. Blades. The sequel to Blade. <laughs> so, no, I apologize. I do not have a specific oh, horror you're fine. moment. So, my specific horror moment was the ball boy that was catching the golf balls that Kelly was yeeting into the fucking, like, brush. And he gets attacked by the lawnmower, but you can't see the lawnmower. And he gets pulled back, and all this blood just goes into the air. I was, and everyone just starts running in fucking see, pandemonium. <laughs> see, and it's so funny you mentioned that, because I had a real problem with that scene. Because she's supposed to be a golf pro, and every time she's like, make sure your arms stay straight when you follow through. And when she follows through, her arms are fucking bent at like 45 well, degree angles. I know, I know the first one she was doing is, let me show you how to do a bad one. And she did a bad one, but the next one was, this, she. it went also into the brush. And I was like, was that supposed to be your good one? I don't fucking understand what yeah, you're no, doing. I was, and see, because like, <laughs> I, I occasionally golf from time to time. So like, I was just watching that scene. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is insanity. <laughs> um, did you have a favorite kill? I did. Did um my favorite kill is Squire because fuck that guy. Who was Squire? <laughs> the guy that was always cheating at golf that had literally oh, no yeah. lines. That's mine too. Yeah, it's because it's the first time that you get like the POV of the blades like spinning yeah. and it just goes and attacks and you're like Jesus Christ. Uh, my favorite character was Norman because he was such a fucking airhead and he's basically the mayor from Jaws. Literally, same guy. Uh, do you have a favorite character? Uh, my favorite character is Lyle, the Lyle. the mentally handicapped groundskeeper. Yes, <laughs> yes. Who they? Who he's like whacking something with a machete, and they go over to him, and he's like berries. I'm like, why are you? Why are you using a machete to get berries? What the fuck? Least favorite character? I did not like Kelly. She was just a. I, I was yeah. yeah. She was so, just a stick in the mud. Like what's I, your fucking deal, it's, bro? It's a perfect 50-50 split between Kelly or the sheriff. Yeah. Because that sheriff is like, it. He's so piggish that it's not <laughs> like. I, I get that somebody on that trauma writing team got like pulled over that weekend and just really was upset at the police. <laughs> but it was like, all right, like. You, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, one, there's some, there's some pretty decent lines. I mean, I have, I had like a favorite monologue, and it's when the fucking guy is talking about how like I know that lawnmower. It's my dad's lawnmower, and he got fired because he didn't want to use the new Japanese like mowers that they wanted to bring in, and then he got killed and uh, beheaded, and they said it was uh, you know suicide. I'm like, how the fuck do you behead yourself? Like, that's not possible. But my favorite line was Kelly talking to Roy because Roy is uh, having sex with Norman Osgood's wife. And she's like, didn't you get enough strokes in last night? And I was like, ha, ha, subtle. <laughs> Such a subtle bitch. I love it. 
Uh, did you have one? Yeah, my favorite line: "Want some berries?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, because yes. It, it broke up the monotony of what was going on just enough. Just enough. Because, yeah. like, my my only real gripe with this movie is they wasted so much time yeah. on like establishing shots and just shots of fucking random nothing going like the all those people in the golf carts that were just driving around and fucking acting like yes I get it it's hilarious <laughs> but god damn it I don't need a full 60 seconds of it give me 15 yeah, seconds yeah yeah for sure because it's not the same type of comedy that I love as this has gone on for like five too many of whatever you're doing <laughs> because it wasn't like, it was just chaos. It was, it was chaos. filmed chaos. And it's like, all right, I got, I got it. Uh, IMDb summary somewhere in New Jersey, a killer lawnmower stalks a small town's golf course. And like I said earlier, I think what works about this so well, it is, it is, it is such ridiculous source material, but they're playing it. Everyone's playing it straight. They're not playing. They're not being campy. They're not being goofy. Everyone is like stoic stone faced. And they're taking this so fucking seriously. Yeah. And it's fucking hilarious. And even the opening is a lot of fun because you just you get a glimpse of, okay, this is what I'm getting into. And yeah, I, I wasn't I was like, oh man, this might be really cheesy. This might be a case of a two nine being like a two instead of a four yeah. instead of a four. But um they start off on the thirteenth hole and I was like, ooh, maybe a nod to like Friday the thirteenth. I don't know. Or that, you know, thirteen's a bad number. Oh, I that, that's what I thought. I thought it was like a oh, these these kids luck just ran out. Yeah, right. Type shit. And they're, you know, they're like getting frisky on the golf course and uh which is a weird place to to party and have sex. Um, Jason would be very unhappy with that. Why aren't you in the woods, kids? But I think they go into the woods at one point to have sex. Yeah. Well, and these these kids like Somebody, obviously, again, because it's trauma, somebody <laughs> was like, oh, let's write how nobody exists ever, ever. <laughs> and then make these people exist like that on camera. <sighs> yeah, because they are. Uh, and there's I love how there's no reason for why this lawnmower is self-driving and killing people. I don't, I don't think they ever got an explanation for that. Was it possessed by the guy, the guy's father, or something? Like no, I don't even know. No, so uh, what I think it was is during one of Deke's monologues, he goes, "We built the machines, but you know, machines just don't always ever act like they're supposed to." Oh, so, okay. So it's just a lawnmower that's gone rogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so basically he's insinuating that because of the way humans exist, we put part of ourselves into the machine. Oh my god. And it becomes now I'm reading way too much into this. This is a vast over exaggeration of anything that anybody at Troma has ever written. But the way I see it is because oh humans created the machine, they put part of themselves into it, thus it becoming like the ghost in the shell. Okay. Of <laughs> so it's it's the the leftover love and energy of being the father's main machine oh, that when the father is wronged, the the bit of spirit that is left in goes to avenge its its former master. Yeah, and maybe maybe the 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 death near the because he was like working on the lawnmower when he found when Deke found him. Maybe that has something to do with why it just went rogue. His dad had worked there for like twenty years, and then they fired him because they didn't want to use the new lawnmower. I'm like. 
So it's because that literally. So if, if if you if you if we haven't mentioned it by now, this is literally a parody of Jaws, like from the opening shot. Of it them, is. It is almost like it is almost a like, one for one. Yeah, it's almost like, a beat for beat. Like there are certain moments that are damn close to shot for shot. I just think they couldn't do it. Right. Like, because be they would have gotten fucking sued. And I'm going to talk about the characters because I have, you know, I know we have our list because there's obviously, um, so yeah, let's just do that now. Fuck it. So obviously there's some parallels like the scene I was talking about where he went into, where Deke went into his monologue. That is the same scene when they're on the boat and they're drinking whiskey. And yeah, they, it's they the get, USS Indianapolis. Yeah, same yeah. fucking thing. That is the same shot. The opening sequence is a little different because, you know, no one really went into the water and got pulled down because it's a lawnmower. So they went out in the middle of the field and got ran over. And then there's another, the ending too is exactly like Jaws. Yeah. They're on the van that's turned over just like they were on the boat. The guy is like falling off you know deke's falling off and the lawnmower just comes up and grabs him and rips his leg off i'm like this is fucking jaws so it's a blatant jaws parody and they're they're not shy about it and i just i think it's so funny like who who was higher drunk and they were like all right that's what we're gonna do guys we're gonna do jaws but with a lawnmower like i sold it would i i read this as much more of a like the guys in the studio were bored and they were like <laughs> Let's see how close we can get to making Jaws before somebody goes, yeah, that's yeah, illegal. Cut it, cut it out. <laughs> I just love how they didn't go with another animal. They went with a fucking inanimate object. Like They could have done any sort of animal, just like done Jaws on land with a kit, like a rabid something. But they're like, no, no, no. We got to take it a step up and do a well, lawnmower on well, a golf and course. So, so, and here's why I think they didn't do that is because trauma has to be fans of Monty Python. Like there's yeah, there's no I mean, way that they can't and a killer animal that would dismember people like that is way too close to yeah. the um the vampire rabbit from Oh Holy yeah. <laughs> Run away. Uh okay, so maybe that's why. But yeah, it's just taking it to the level of making it something. It's it's very much Jaws meets Caddyshack. Like that's yeah. exactly what this fucking movie is. Um so let's talk about the people. So I, I know there's no question about it. Norman, Norman Osgood is Vaughn from Jaws. Yes. He is the mayor. He is the guy that people are dying around him and they have this huge tournament over the weekend for charity. And he's like, now nah, we're good. It's fine. He thinks they find the killer Deke because Deke is like the guy that's the killer. And they're like, all right, we're all good. We found the killer, but people still continue to die just like in Jaws. So I'm thinking... And here's my thought on this one. Ray is Hooper because Ray is kind of the outside guy that comes in as the club pro, just like Hooper does, because he's the bi the marine biologist that comes into town. You, you mean Roy? Sorry, Roy. Sorry, Roy. <laughs> so Roy is Hooper because they, they're both kind of outside people that come to this place and then eventually start trying to help. And then Kelly... I'd, I'm saying Brody only because she's like Brody is the cop of that town. Kelly is like the the worker who's there, who's trying to be the club pro. And then Deke is obviously Quint because he mm. dies just like Quint. So I'm pretty sure Norman and Deke I have right, but you know it's kind of a toss up because there's a lot of characters in this that kind of have the, yeah. The, so yeah. everybody who basically is not the country club owner yeah is played just loose enough to where they're 
They could be uh, multiple uh, people. Again, it's played just loose enough to where they can't get in fucking trouble. <laughs> right, and honestly, Norman could even be considered to be Brody because Brody's married to someone, and he's the only person that I know that's married, and you know he's married to 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 Bia or whatever her name is. Yeah, Mrs. Oz, uh, Mrs. Osgood. So all right, so we're we're already, we're set on Norman. So who? What about the other one? So I have Deke as Quint. Yep. Okay. Um, and I felt that Roy was Brody. Brody yeah. And here's. The other reason why okay. is because Brody's actual person's name is Roy. Roy Brody? No, no, no. So oh. I'm, I'm sorry. So the actor who, oh. pl- who played Brody, his first name is Roy. Oh. So that's okay. so I think it's like an an an, an intentional call to the okay. actual actor himself. Okay, that actually makes a lot of sense then. So okay, then that's what we'll yeah, say. Yeah, it's Roy Schneider. We'll say yeah. Then, then we'll say De- uh, Deke is Quint, Roy is Brody, Norman is Vaughn, and then yeah, the, those are the three easily most put together. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's just it's it's a Jaws parody, and it's just so over the top and ridiculous. Even like so, the kills aren't necessarily graphic, and I'm I'm assuming that's probably why it's and not re- like you and know, realistically, like, there's only. Like two, two actual kills on camera. Yeah, because the first kill, you just kind of see the camera rush up to them and it cuts. And then the other kid, that ball boy who's retrieving the golf balls, is kind of pulled back and blood you know, squirts everywhere. And then the other guy, what was his name? Lyle or the, the cheating golfer? Oh, uh, Squire. Squire. Dumb name. Uh, he's very Shooter McGavin-esque, too, from uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Just <laughs> with how goofy he looks. So... Uh, where was I? What was I just saying? Oh my god, where was I going with that? The kills. <laughs> oh, the kills. Yeah. So then you have uh, Squire, and then you have um, Deke, who are the, I'd say the most graphic because they pan down to Deke's legs, and his legs are just not there anymore, and there's blood yeah. going everywhere. Um, but the ending is great too. Like the the, the third. So yeah, the, my my biggest issue is obviously the runtime. I feel like if they would have shaved 15 minutes off, made it like an hour Even 20. Yeah, like an hour 20. Would have been perfect, I think. But hour 38 was a little long. There was a little bit of a lull in the middle of it. And there were, you're right, just some extra shots. Like, I love that scene where everyone's running away. There's a guy in a fucking fencing costume. I'm sitting here like, what? Why are you in a What is going on? So it was really funny, but it was just overdone a little bit. So that's really the only reason why my rating is the way it is. I wanted to give it more, but I was like, I I knew, once I saw an hour 40, I was like, I'm going to hate this runtime. And that's, that's really, that is truly my only problem. Um... But I love the ending because it is just shot for shot, just like Jaws. You have the lawnmower kind of chasing and battling them, and then the, the van gets flipped over, and they're sitting there just like they were in Jaws. It is so funny. And then the you know they it, did he have was that C four? Yes, it was C four. And he's like, hey, <laughs> easy with that. Like, yeah, don't be slamming the C four down. That could be dangerous. But they strap some C four to it, and I love it. Just goes right into the water and just fucking explodes in this fit of glory. Like, this movie, is, it's just so wacky. So, you said you didn't like the overextending shots, like I was saying. Was there anything else besides the runtime that you were just kind of like, eh, on? Um, so, it, it's, it really kind of depends, because, like, I do feel like if I was in a different mood than I was today, yeah. the how straight and, like, straight cut they played it, 
I could have had a problem with. Okay. But like I was I was in the mood to like deal with some dryness. Yeah. And and that's And you just came off the heels of like a fucking amazing movie too. Yeah, exactly. So you're probably just kind of like riding that yeah, exactly. high. Exactly. <laughs> but like that's that's the thing. This movie is very dry. It, like it it's, really is. It it's <laughs> it's about as dry as a British comedy. Yeah. Like um and not to say that's a bad thing, but you have to be in the right mindset for it. Or you're going to sit there and go, this is a hunk of crap. Yeah, exactly. And the internet is pretty divided on this. That's why it's kind of right in the middle of the road at a 2.9. Some people are like, oh my God, this is bland. And other people are like, this is the exact cheese I wanted today. So you definitely need to be in the right mood. I mean, that's that's really the, the case for most Vinegar Syndrome movies is because they're, they're usually wacky, offbeat movies like this. You need to be in that mood. So know that going in. If you're in kind of a grumpy mood or you're, you're just not really feeling the vibes today, don't do that. Go in when you're wanting some cheese and wanting something. Or if you just like yeah. you, you just watched a great movie and you're like, let's continue this. You might enjoy it just even a little bit more. Um, some just other favorite moments I really enjoyed were the couple when they found them in the sand trap and how their hands were still still yeah. holding hands and they were it was they were vertical from the sand pit and they were just covered in the sand. I thought that was wacky and silly. Um, I really wish the old man with the dog was around for longer because yeah. him and Caddy because yeah. I thought they were funny. I thought, but- and I thought they were gonna be like yeah staples. Yeah, and then he just he gets attacked in the in the brush um, by the lawnmower and. Uh, so you find out that Mrs. Osgood is cheating on her husband with Deke. And it's funny how you find out because Kelly comes over to like apologize. Like, I'm sorry about this. And then Mrs. Osgood just comes out. It doesn't give a shit that she's like in front of a worker there that works at the country club. And she's like, oh, hi, Kelly. And Kelly's like, mm, mm-hmm, very judgy. And even throws that in his face later when she's doing the demonstration for all the golfers. She's like, yeah, some really good players can develop bad habits and kind of looks at him. I was like, man, you are such a, and it it was, and it was so funny because every time she would insult him, I was just getting petty with it. I was like, yeah, well, your head looks like an egg. Like (laughs) fuck out of here. You have the personality of a fucking piece of, uh, of of plank. (laughs) Yeah. Like uh, why? So why do you like, I get it. You were supposed to be the club pro and you were supposed to get this promotion, but also, Ma'am, I'm not saying this is right, but ma'am, it's 1989. What do you (laughs) think you are going to get working at a country club? Because notice there was not a single person of color in this movie. It was all white people. Oh my god! I didn't even realize that. And like, she's one of the very like few women too. Besides, besides Mrs. Osgood, there's not. That many women. It's primarily just straight white men. Yeah. <laughs> oh my <yeah>. god. <laughs> wow. Goodness. Um, so there's one shot that really just fucking utterly sent me. And it's when so it and it's just like it's just fucking like Jaws, because you don't actually even see the lawnmower until like 48 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Just like Jaws. So like they literally hit this movie almost beat for beat. But there is a scene where the lawnmower is in the distance. And it's against the sun. And it's got all the, yeah. And it's got all the balloons on it, which I don't even understand how it got the balloons on there because they they should have been, you know. So 
at one point to try to catch the lawnmower, they take these bales of hay and attach a balloon to it, I guess in hopes that the balloon will get caught in the blades and somehow be there. But I figured that, you know, if they get caught in the blades, they get cut and fly away. But the the, the mower has three balloons on it just sitting yeah. in the distance looking menacingly. I fucking almost, almost spit my drink out because I was not expecting a, a laugh to happen there, so... But yeah, I, I think the the part that I laughed the hardest at was the fucking ambulance guy that is just so happy to be. Oh my god, hoeing bags of fucking body parts. He was way too chipper to be doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, this movie is it's, it's. Are you the ambulance? <laughs> too late for that, buddy. <laughs> I'm the dead people truck. <laughs> Yeah, because people are, you know, people are pretty much dismembered and shit like that. But uh, yeah, and then the other favorite scene, like I said, was just Deke's, uh, just that monologue about how his dad, I was sitting there cackling through that. Um, So yeah, it's a good time. I definitely recommend this one. It is streaming on Amazon and Tubi. Um, Check it out. Let's do some post-review shit here. Taglines, these are two great taglines. Just when you thought it was safe to putt. I love that. And golf, a game of hooks, slices, and slaughter. There was one bit of trivia. That's it, because this is an obscure movie no one's fucking heard of. And it was the shot where the camera quickly zooms in on the couple was actually done in reverse. A camera was attached to a truck and driven in reverse, um, starting from the couple until they can't be seen anymore. And then there was one goof. When the same, It's about the same scene. When the couple are lying on the ground kissing in the opening, they both turn their heads to look. Uh, her to the right and him to the left. When they hear the lawnmower, but when the scene cuts to the POV of the mower heading towards them, they look they're looking in the opposite direction. But I love the POV shots of the of the because you it's at first it's just a camera whooshing through the yeah. grass, and then eventually you do get uh with the blades in front of it and it has like that and then it gets even more silly as it goes on because they are just very obviously joyriding this lawnmower. Yeah, just <laughs> like they're not going through any specific path. No. They're just like going up to the left, hitting a big curves, <laughs> circling back right and just like running figure eights. It's it's it looks like whoever's filming that is having a lot oh, of they're fun having, they're, on it. They're having a blast. They took the governor off that thing. It's like doing 25 <laughs> through the fucking uh, there's even a moment too when Roy is trying to like he's on the, he's on the case I'm figuring this out and there's this huge patch of really tall grass with just one line mowed through it and he kind of looks at it like suspiciously I'm like yeah you're 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 hot on the trail there bud it is a fucking killer lawnmower um, rated five out of ten on IMDb and a two point nine out of five on Letterbox Letterbox has a little more love for it it had it didn't even have a zero it had it had two dashes for the tomato meter so not enough people have reviewed this I guess yeah like, like critics uh, and then a thirty seven percent audience score um, I gave it a four I was given I gave it a four and a half but it, the time it was just too long. Uh, what did you give it? That's why I gave it a three five. It's okay. For the so time. The same yeah. reason. Okay, so almost a frightmare certified slap. Similar movies according to Letterboxd. We have uh, Blood Hook, Shallow Grave, Frightmare from 1983, Nightmare Weekend, and Auntie Lee's Meat Pies. Um, similar movies according to IMDb. Oh no, I did that backwards. Sorry. Those were similar movies according to IMDb. Letterboxd had no similar movies. <laughs> Nothing listed. I was like, okay, that's fine. Uh, let's read some funny reviews before we get out of here. Uh, you said you had four. I also have four. I feel like one of them is one of them from Eric Cloud. No, really, I did not. No, I specifically he did not do his. Okay, I I, I got I I have to shout out Eric Cloud, so I I've got his. I'll I'll kick it over to you. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll kick it over to you. What do you got? So, What's your first one? So this is a half star review from somebody named Serena. Watch this on November first. Oh, so, today. Yeah. Oh, this is this is fresh. So, and th- this is a little bit of a long one. All right, go for it. Oh dear, where do we start with this one? <laughs> Face palm emoji. Aww. Was this horror or a bad 80s soap opera? Face palm emoji. What the hell was wrong with the morgue attendant? I mean, there's loving your job, but this guy was a tad too happy to, uh, to be picking up body parts. <laughs> Face yeah. palm emoji. Since when do we slap people and then check to see if we've actually slapped the right person? Facepalm emoji. Oh my God. Why is only one? Why is the only person I care about in this film Caddy the dog? Seriously, all the morons in this town that can't stop a relatively slow lawnmower, but do not touch the pupster. Facepalm emoji. Oh my God. How was Quint? Yes, I know that's not his name, but we'll just go with it. Dragged away by his legs when his legs had been chopped off just a second before. Facepalm emoji. <laughs> Why hasn't Steven Spielberg sued for use for using his excellent source material for this complete abomination? Oh my god. Facepalm emoji. Oh this film surely has to be satire. For the love of God, please tell me somebody please someone tell me that this is satire. This is somebody who completely missed the mark of yeah, this movie. Completely missed the entire point of this movie. This is a person who doesn't know what trauma is. Yeah, this is a person who has never seen a trauma movie in their entire life. So from our boy Eric Cloud, two and a half stars. It's not a bad joke, but it's just the one joke. After about 20 minutes, there's no gas left in the tank. I was like, <laughs> nice use. Oof. Yeah. Oof. All right, what do you got? Um, this one, I, I'm probably going to start following this guy because number one, he pays to use letterbox. So I got to see what the fuck you're up to. (laughs) Um, this guy by the name of fricking party boy, fricking party boy. Um, one star review watched February 5th, 2023. Not funny. Not scary. I don't know Jaws well enough to be in on the gag. This movie doesn't fuck. I love that. That's been a running train on this podcast of the, I think it was uh, Michael. It, it was it's like different people. Yeah. It's different people. Cause I'm pretty sure it was Michael. That was like, this movie fucks, but it also sucks. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. All right. Two and a half stars from Steve G. Um, maybe it's just me, but in a horror film about a killer lawnmower running amok on a golf course, I'd like a lot more of the killer lawnmower and a lot less golf because golf fucking sucks. And killer lawnmowers are cool. <laughs> then again, it's a, tr- <laughs> Then again, it's a trauma film, so why did I expect this to be any good? (laughs) Jesus Christ. All right, two more here. All right, now we're into the good reviews. Um, Five-star review from Pathos Black. Watch July 15th, 2023. White male power fantasy wrapped in a grindhouse horror movie about a haunted lawnmower that is mowing over patrons of a golf course because it hates efficient Japanese mowers. The, this poorly acted, badly written, and hastily shot and edited movie full of <laughs> 80s tropes has no problem grinding over some some legs of caddies, teenage fornicators, and golf club patrons for some reason drawing the line at cursing. The worst word anyone says through this carnage fest is ass. Definitely should watch High with Friends. <laughs> 
Oh my god. <laughs> I was what there's like no language. I was wondering why there was no language. And I don't even know when they said ass. I don't even know either. Five stars from Robin. Actually amazing parody of Jaws about a lawnmower with a taste for bl- uh, taste for blood. Played completely straight. Truly an inspired piece of work. If this doesn't appeal to you, then you don't deserve nice things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one here. Let's um, get out here. This one is from Mikey Bennett. Uh, Four-star review. Ignored the Meg 2 and watched this Jaws remake homage with a shark swapped out for a lawnmower instead. No regrets because Blades is legitimately fucking great. Four! (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you already said the rating. What are you doing? Four! All right, my last one. This is absolutely my favorite review. Four and a half stars from Dan Gorman. What I would give to see Blades 2 hedges. <laughs> I read that one. No, apparently that's a thing. Like hedges. Oh. I, th- I think hedges might be a thing. Oh my God. Because that would be he, fucking amazing. That was not the only one that I saw mention hedges. Oh, shit. Okay. So, yeah, we need to look for that real quick. Blades 2. No, there's uh, no. I, don't, I can't. I don't see anything about 2. Oh, man. That would be incredible. No, there's, yeah, no, I don't see anything. That might have, maybe it was something that was supposed to be done. Maybe. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my God. All right. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and TikTok, and Slasher app at Frightmares Podcast. My email is staysspooky at Outlook.com. Uh, you can also follow me personally on Letterboxd at Dr. Proctor. You are Frightmares, Corey. Yes, sir. Next week, me and Gabby will be doing a movie about a serial killer trying to reconstruct the body of Jesus Christ. Ooh, and that is right. Nice. Uh, until then, stay tuned and stay spooky. Bye. <laughs>